Well, good morning, family. How y'all doing this morning? Well, my name is Nick. I'm a pastor on staff here, and I have the awesome privilege this morning to share with you from God's Word. Uh, but before we do this, uh, let us rush to welcome again all of our VIPs. If this is your first time here at BT Church, in the room or online, you're very important to us. We are so blessed. Uh, that you joined us this morning, and we pray that this morning will be a blessing uh, to you. Uh, we are continuing our series called Operation, and uh, we're looking at parts of our body, our spiritual body, and even our physical body where we need God's divine touch. <laughs> we need God's operation. Last week uh, was an ouch week. Amen. We talked about the mouth, and we need operation on our tongue. Amen? Amen. Amen. This week, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, meet me in Hebrews. Meet me in Hebrews chapter 12. And if you've missed any of the weeks in this series, you can download the BT app. All of the sermons are on there. Or you can subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel on YouTube. Another great way to drive the word deeper into your heart is by connecting with a community group. In our community groups, we, we address the sermons and, and, and we answer questions and, and we get to flesh it out amongst each other. Amen. And, and that's a way to help the word drive deeper into your heart. The, the, I have good news about our community groups. There, there are no group projects, okay? You don't got to turn nothing in. You just got to show up, right, and be a part of the people of God. And, and I believe uh, that, that community groups are a blessing. That's, that's how we try to drive down the word deeper into our hearts uh, with our brothers and our sisters. Are you in Hebrews chapter 12? Did I tell you? Okay, did I tell you a verse? Okay, I just want y'all to keep listening to me. Uh, we, we're continuing our series called Operation, and today we're going to talk about our eyes. Yes, our eyes. When, when you look throughout the Gospels, Jesus performed many miracles, and a, a good portion of the miracles that are addressed in the Scriptures deal with Jesus healing the blind. Jesus giving sight to people who dwelt in darkness. The good news is Jesus is still healing the blind. He is still doing that. I read uh, an evidence-based article this week during the study of a woman who, who was blind since uh, her teenage years and uh, she received her sight back after many, many years through the intercessory prayer of her husband. He continued to pray for her for years and years and years, and her sight was restored. She never knew how her husband looked. <laughs> Amen. She didn't know how her daughters looked. And years and years of prayer by her husband, she received her sight. Amen. Praise God. Jesus still does that. 
Jesus is still healing through advances in modern medicine and all of our ocular advances that, that, that modern man and modern medicine has been able to accomplish down throughout the years. But there is something that humanity, no matter our medical advances, there is something that we cannot fix without divine intervention, and that is spiritual blindness. And the good news is, Jesus still heals the spiritually blind. We are going to look at this because our spiritual eyes are so important because according to uh, 2 Corinthians, it tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. What this means is this, life is much more than what we see through our eyes. We know this deep down. We know this deep down. Life is so much more than what we can see through our eyes. Faith is so much more than what we can see through our eyes. This is why our spiritual eyes are so critical to our body because where our eyes are fixed, that will determine the direction of our lives. And where our eyes are fixed spiritually will affect where we go eternally. This is why this is so important. So in our passage, we are going to read a very familiar passage. I was sharing with Pastor Chris this morning that I believe in some way, shape, or form, we preach this passage every year. So if you've heard it before, don't tune out because I promise you it's still going to be good. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because that's what Pastor Chris told me when I told him that this morning. I said, man, it seems like some way, shape, or form, I wasn't complaining. I was just saying it's just a, you know, observation. You preach, you do this, uh, you're going to preach something again. Amen. And, and I said, man, we preach this in some way, shape, or form every year. And he said, if we said it good the first time, say it good the second time. I said, well, praise God, that's what we're going to do. So meet me in Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. Verse 2, Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and the perfecter, of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Pray with me as we ask God to bless our time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to worship you this morning. We pray right now that as we prepare to worship you through the hearing and preaching of your word, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that your word is clearly communicated. Let Jesus Christ be highly exalted. Let your people be beautifully blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In our passage, the writer of Hebrews, he is bringing the book to its culmination as, as he encourages the group of people that he is writing to who, who have been experiencing persecution and who have been experiencing some tense times and some tough times. He, he encourages them by drawing their attention and their focus to the one who matters most. He draws their attention and their focus to 
Jesus. And here's the truth. Our life is like a race. And some of y'all that's going to wake up when your alarm clock go off tomorrow morning, you're going to say amen tomorrow morning. You didn't say amen right now, but you're going to say amen tomorrow. You're going to say, I'm back at it again. Our life is like a race. And when a runner runs a race, the runner's eyes and the focus is very important. And the writer of Hebrews tells us that if we are going to endure in this race of life, our eyes must be fixed on Jesus. And here is precisely the reason why we need divine intervention. We, we, we need a divine operation on our eyes because guess what? I don't want to look at Jesus all the time. And if you're honest in here this morning, Sometimes you don't either. This is why we need a divine operation on our eyes. Which brings us to a very important point here. The writer of Hebrews says that this, this race that all of us are on, it's very important where our eyes are focused. And he says this, we start the race well by seeing Jesus. We start the race well by seeing Jesus. And this is why we need a divine operation, because we must see Jesus before we see Jesus. I'm not trying to be semantically cute or clever with my words. I am saying this because we have got to have our spiritual eyes trained to see Jesus before we see Jesus face to face. Amen. If you don't believe me, this is recorded in the gospel account. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus enters into a town, and there are two blind men. And I love it because this is what, this is what Matthew, the gospel writer, says. He says, when Jesus entered the town, two blind men followed Jesus. Why would two blind men follow Jesus? I'm going to tell you why they followed Jesus. The two blind men followed Jesus because they saw Jesus before they could see Jesus. It says that when they followed Jesus, they said this. They followed Jesus crying out, oh, son of David, have mercy on us. What this tells us is this, that there was something that happened in their spiritual eyes that gave them illumination to where they knew Jesus was somebody worth following. And though their physical eyes were not healed, Something happened in their spirits that said Jesus is somebody worth following. We start well by seeing Jesus. And here's what I want to ask you. Do you see Jesus as somebody worth following? Do you see Jesus as somebody worth focusing on? Do you see Jesus as somebody worth serving and somebody worth submitting to? Jesus. He should be who we have our eyes on. And so many times when we talk about the operation on our eyes, we, 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 we focus on where we need to turn our eyes from. But what we've got to understand is this. The good news of the gospel is not just what we get to keep our eyes from. It's what we get to turn our eyes to. We get to turn our eyes to Jesus. 
and by the power of God and by the word of God and by the spirit of God. Our spiritual eyes are trained so that we can see Jesus as somebody worth following. The writer of Hebrews says we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And as we keep our eyes on Jesus, that that does something to our ability to continue to run the race. That does something to our ability to continue to live life. That does something uh, with our ability to love our neighbors as ourselves. That that does something with our ability to, to forgive. And that does something with our ability to not lose our minds as we keep our eyes on Jesus. It impacts us from the inside out. So we start well by seeing Jesus. And here's the good thing, here's the good thing about, about seeing Jesus is when we, when we see Jesus at work in our lives right now, you know, sometimes our, our, our spirit begins to press the rewind button and then we start seeing Jesus at work in our lives when we couldn't even recognize him. Have you ever been there? Some of us look back now and we say, you know what? That party where I should have got locked up, I didn't get locked up because Jesus was on my side. Amen. And some of y'all look back and say, you know what? When I was in jail and I did get locked up, praise the Lord, Pastor Nick, Jesus was with me. And when I should have went crazy and when that car accident should have killed me, I didn't die because Jesus was with me. So we, we start well by seeing Jesus, seeing Jesus as somebody worth following, somebody worthy of our trust, somebody worth submitting to. You know, one of the things that gets us in trouble in our race of life is this. We don't like to run submitted to Jesus. We don't like to run submitted. Every runner, when they run the race, they are submitting to somebody's rules and regulations. No runner gets to move just any old kind of way. If the race dictates that they have to stay in this lane, then guess what? That runner, to be effective in their race, they got to submit to the rules. They got to stay in their lane. They can't move before the gun goes off. If they move before the gun goes off, what happens? Disqualification. And here's the thing about life. We will be disqualified from so many of the things that God has for us if we run our race not submitted to Jesus. We, we run with others. The, the writer of Hebrews, he opens up this passage saying, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, lay aside every weight and hindrance. Before I get to the lay aside 
every weight and hindrance. Look at what he says. He says, therefore, since we have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, what, what is the writer of Hebrews doing here? Well, we look at the writer of Hebrews, and, and what we've got to understand is this was a long letter. And so this letter did not have chapter divisions, as Pastor Chris has been saying, week in and week out. And the writer of Hebrews has just been taking time in chapters 10 and 11, telling us about faithful people who were faithful in their race, even though they didn't see Jesus with their physical eyes. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, guess what? You are running well with others. You are running with others. This great cloud of witnesses, they have been here before you, and the God that helped them is the God that will help you. Amen. You know, I, I think about it all. I, hear me. I, I thank God for technology. I thank God for technology. I, I really do. I thank God that I could watch a football game on my phone while I'm driving a car, even though I'm not supposed to do that. But I, I thank, I'm sorry, I told myself. <laughs> thank God for technology. You know, you used to have to wait to, to see scores and things like that. But there are certain things that technology will not satisfy. I'm reminded of the horrific season that we went through, and I'm talking about at, at, at the middle of the COVID epidemic when, when it, was just, it was just crazy. It was bad. Hospitals were full and packed. People couldn't go see their family members. And, and hospitals had technology. We Guys, we live in America. We, we have some of the best medical health professionals in the world and some of the best medical and health uh, 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 resources in the world. But you know something? None of that technology would satisfy the God-designed need for human connection. And I remember hearing stories of nurses blowing up gloves making makeshift hands to place in the hands of people who were dying because their family members couldn't hold their hands. There are some things that technology just won't satisfy. Why are you saying this, Pastor Nick? I'm saying this because our spiritual eyes must be retrained to value human connection. And not just any type of human connection, but I, I, I want to say this. Yes, human connection is great, but I want to say this. I want to say God-centered human connection, faith-centered human connection, Christ-centered human connection. Our eyes must be trained to value that. And the writer of Hebrews says this, hey, the hell that you are experiencing right now, guess what? You have brothers and sisters who have gone on before you, and they have successfully lived a life of faith and you can do it too 
See, we, we won't know that and we won't receive that if we abandon the faith of our forefathers. Amen. We won't know that and we won't receive that if we abandon the scriptures that teach us about the beautiful Christ that we now get to behold. We, we won't understand that Christ-centered connection is vital to the Christian life unless God does a divine surgery on our eyes. Amen. It's going to take God opening up our spiritual eyes so that we can see, you know what, we need to get back to it. We really need each other. Amen. I know we want to be independent, and I know we got the American dream, and I know we want to do all that. I know we don't want to depend on nobody, and I know you don't want to have to worry about nobody, and I know none of y'all like doing group projects in school because you did all the work, and, and the joker that didn't do nothing, he still got a good grade even though you did everything. But guess what? God God has designed us for each other and for himself. There's a, there's a great gospel song by Pastor Hezekiah Walker. He says this, you are important to me. I need you to survive. Yeah, so we, we, we run well, submitted to Jesus. And, and hear me, if you are submitted to Jesus, you are a part of his church. Yes. <laughs> yes. But not only are we to run well with others submitted to Jesus, but we are to run with endurance submitted to Jesus. Look at it with me. It's right here in the text. I'm not making it up. He says this. Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. I like it how another translation says it. It says we need to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily clings to us. This is important because as God does a divine surgery on our eyes, guess what? We will learn to discern the race that is set before us and we will learn to discern the weights that will hinder us from running the race. When God does a desert, a, 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 an operation on our eyes, we get to discern that. You know, I, I've been in conversation with people, and, and if you've had this conversation with me, don't worry, I'm not preaching about you. I'm not. I'm really not. But, but I've been in conversation with people, and, and we begin to talk, and I start asking questions, and, and, and you hear things that are going on in their life, and then you bring them back to the word of God and you try to understand uh, why things are going the way they are going. And here's something that I continue to hear, and maybe you hear it too. Whenever you begin to talk to even other believers, and, and I mean this with other believers, it, Pastor Chris says this all the time, and this is what we believe at BT Church. We want to reach the lost. Amen. But we don't expect the lost to live like they know Jesus. We expect people who say that they are believers to live like they're believers. That's what we expect. But, but even when I talk to, to believers and you start to talk to them about the scriptures, I, I'm starting to hear this a lot, and maybe you hear it too, but, but you bring them to the word of God and you 
And I'm not, some, I'm not talking about something that's subject to interpretation. I'm, I'm talking about things, I'm talking about things that, that are clear in the word. I'm talking about things that are clear in the word, like, like love your enemy. Like clear like that. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about stuff that's like forgiveness. I'm talking about clear stuff, not interpretive stuff. And this is what I hear. Man, I, I don't see it that way. Have you ever heard that? Have you heard that? I don't see it like that. I don't see it like that. God's clear design laid out in his word regarding human sexuality. And there are people who name the name of Christ to say, you know what? I don't see it like that. God's clear command in the scriptures that we pray for our leaders, whether we voted for them or not. Good God Almighty, Pastor Nick, why you always talk about this when you come here? And we... And we have, we have well-meaning Christians that say, you know what? I don't see it like that. Here's the thing about weight and sin. Those things are still weights and sins whether you see it like that or not. Because when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our spiritual growth, when it comes to our spiritual progress, our eyes are not the eyes that matter most. I don't care if you see it like that or not. If we run well submitted to Jesus, how does he see it? How does it look to God? How does it look to God when children that he forgave. <laughs> children that he loves, children that he gave his best to. And they still sometimes turn their back on him. How does it look to God when those same children will look at another brother or sister and say, you know what? I just can't forgive you. I can't talk to you no more. You vote different than me. You're not as saved as I am. We ain't cool. How does that look to Jesus? I don't care how you see it. How does Jesus see it? Lord have mercy. Y'all see why we need operation, right? See, I need divine operation on my eyes because I need to be able to, uh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. Lord, help me say it how you want me to say it. But y'all know my rules. Say it now, fix it later. I'm just going to say it. Here we go. I need a divine operation on my eyes because I need to be able to watch CNN, MSNBC, or Fox News and be able to throw that all away when I walk in these doors and see my brother or sister in Christ. That's why I need a divine operation. Because none of those networks are going to help me run with endurance. None of those networks are going to do that. But you know who's going to help me do that? God's word, God's people, God's spirit, and God's son. Amen. My email. 
is Chris.Dupree at bt.church. I promise you, you will get a response from the person at that email address. <laughs> you see, one of the things that, that, that hinder us from running with endurance is we don't see Jesus in his proper place. We see ourselves where Jesus should be. And when we see ourselves where Jesus should be, you know what we will do? We will adjust the rules when we get tired. We will adjust the rules when it gets inconvenient. Help me. We will adjust the rules when it gets too tight. But here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing, family. Jesus tells us that when we come to him, even when we're tired, even when we're weary, he says, you can come to me. And you can find rest for your weary souls. We're going to get tired always changing the rules. We're going to get tired always running away when it gets inconvenient and when it gets tight. But when we run to Jesus, Jesus promises us that when we learn from him and when we take his yoke on our shoulders, his yoke is easy and his burdens are light. Lastly. As we run well submitted to Jesus, we'll be able to finish well by serving Jesus. The, the writer of Hebrews, and we don't have time to go into it, but the writer of Hebrews takes chapter 12 and he starts our focus on Jesus. And then he launches into what a life that sees Jesus, that focuses on Jesus, what that life looks like. How does it look? To serve Jesus. How does it look to serve Jesus? Well, before I get to how does it look to serve Jesus, here's where, here's where I want to encourage us. We can finish well because we serve the finisher. Look at what it says about Jesus. It says this. Verse 2, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Here it is. The source and perfecter of our faith for the joy that lay before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is important because when we serve Jesus, we must serve Jesus through our suffering and our success. Amen. When we serve Jesus, we, we've got to serve Jesus with the crown on our back and looking forward to the cross. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. And when we serve Jesus, we got to understand this. We are not serving ourselves, but we are serving the one who gave his all for us. That brings about a joy, not a drudgery or a duty when we realize that the one that we are serving is the one that came to give us his all. Jesus didn't have to do it, but he did. Why did Jesus do it? Because Jesus saw his entire life as service to the Father. Jesus left heaven, came 
to earth for you and I. And not just you and I, but some other trifling people that we don't like. He died for them too. He died for them too. And as we finish well by serving Jesus, what we've got to understand is this. Jesus is the start and the middle. This is what gets us, this is what gets us weary. This is what gets us weary. Because I don't know about you, but, but have you ever been walking this walk of faith? And you've asked this question. Man. Is this really worth it? Like, like, is it really worth it? I don't know. I, maybe y'all say more saved than me. <laughs> and y'all been in church a long time. And maybe I'm going to get fired for, for even voicing this. But there have been times in my faith walk where I'm like, God, I'm trying to do right. Is this? Is it worth it? Is, it? is it worth being called a bigot just because I believe, God, what you say in your word? Is it worth it? Is it worth my family members ridiculing me, calling me the holy roller in the family, thinking that I'm better than them? I don't think I'm. I know I'm not better than them. They think I'm better. But, look, is, is it worth it being alienated from From my friends and my family, is it is it worth it? This is why we need divine operation on our eyes. Because when we live our lives as servants of the most high God, God will always show us that, guess what? It's worth it. Old folks used to say it like this in church growing up. Serving Jesus will pay off after a while. Amen. See, serving Jesus don't pay off bi-weekly. Amen. You're not going to get a check every two weeks saying, this is your reward for serving Jesus. But you know what I believe in my heart of hearts? Serving Jesus is always worth it because when I look at his sacrifice, my sacrifice ain't that great at all. When I look at what Jesus did, how he left glory and came down to earth, how Jesus faced the rejection of the entire world, how Jesus took on the Father's wrath so that I'd never have to face that. Amen. It's worth it. See, when we, when we think that serving Jesus isn't worth it, that's a sign that we still need surgery on our eyes. We still need God to do a work and touch us in the area of our spiritual vision. See, what I love about Jesus is this. It says this, he endured the cross despising the shame. And, and what this tells me is this. Jesus understood how bad it would be, but he also looked forward to 
how good it would be. And when we serve Jesus, this is what's going to help us finish well. We've got to understand it's going to be bad sometimes. It's going to be rough sometimes. It's going to be a cross. Amen. Listen, time out for this Christianity that's like, hey, every time you come to Jesus, it's going to be like, you know, an episode of, 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 of Glee or something like that where everybody's singing every episode. No, 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 no. That's not what the life of faith is about. That is an anemic faith. The Christian faith is a faith that looks to a victorious, conquering king that turns beautiful tragedies into a beautiful masterpiece. Some of y'all say, Hi, what are you talking about? A beautiful tragedy and a beautiful Masterpiece, the cross is a beautiful tragedy. There is no way that the God of creation should suffer death at the hands of his creation. Yet, this is what Jesus did. And even in that moment, God turned it into a beautiful masterpiece because at the foot of the cross, there was a Roman centurion soldier. And I don't know, maybe he held the nails that were going to be driven in the hands of Jesus. Or maybe he held the hammer. I don't know. Maybe he was one of the soldiers that hoisted Jesus up in the hole so that the prophecy could be fulfilled when Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. I don't know what that Roman centurion did, what his job was, but I, knew, no, I do know that Jesus saved him on that day. I know that. At Jesus' lowest moment on earth, he was still performing eye surgery. And that Roman soldier looked up and said, surely this man must be the son of God. And in that moment, his spiritual eyes were open. And what I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, is today... Let me close my Bible so you know I'm telling the truth. I want you to know that today, that same Jesus is still performing eye surgery. So you can go through your trial. You can go through your storm. You can, you can endure the pain. You can, you can endure the ridicule. You can endure the tough times. We can endure the turbulence of this culture. We can endure the chronic outrage of this culture. We, we can endure because we are serving Jesus. What I want to do now is maybe you have heard this message in and you can honestly say, you know what, I, I, hear, I hear about Christianity and I, I hear about Jesus. And I would, like, I would like to trust Jesus. I would like, I would like to submit to Jesus. I would like to turn to Jesus. But I just don't know how. What I want you to know is this, that 
I believe that that desire to turn to Jesus and, and trust Jesus, that, that desire is not your desire. That's a desire that has been placed in your heart by the power of God. And I believe that today can be a day of salvation for you. There, there, there's some of us that, that say, you know what, I, I, I see Jesus clearly. I know he's my Lord and Savior, but I, I need to reconnect with the body. I, I need to reconnect with the community of faith. I, I need to re-engage. I've been, I've been disengaged. I've been discouraged. I, somebody may be honest and say, honestly, Pastor Nick, I've, I've been distracted. So much is going on. I got a lot of irons in the fire. And, and honestly, the people of God, spending time with the people of God, that's that hasn't been a priority for, for me. But, but, but maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I want to run well by submitting to Jesus. And I believe that that means connecting in community or connecting to a local church. Maybe you're here. And if you're honest, you've grown weary in well-doing. You like, you know what? I'm tired of always being the bigger person. Have you ever been there? Like, why I got to be the bigger person? Because you serve the bigger God. Amen. You can clap for that. Don't be scared. You, you, you serve the bigger God, and, and your life, my life, is not my own. When I said yes to Jesus, I... I put my yes on the table and whatever that means, whatever race he sets before me, whatever race he sets before you, guess what? He will give you the grace to run it. Amen. So we're going to do a time of invitation here, and we, we really cherish this time here at BT Church. It is a time where we just invite God to do God things. <laughs> And so in a few moments after I pray, this altar will be filled with men and women, brothers and sisters, and we would love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. But, but, but more specifically, we would love to pray with you if, if you're one of those three people that I talked about, somebody that wants to trust Jesus this morning, turn to Jesus, see Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We would love to pray with you for that. If you're a person that, that needs to re-engage and reconnect with the community of God, we would, we would love to pray with you. And if you're a person that just, just honestly, you're in a season of weariness and, and you need God to, to do a divine operation on your eyes so that you can see, not the light at the end of the tunnel, but the grace that is present with you right now, that grace to continue to be a good mom, that grace to continue to be a faithful father, that grace to continue to go to your job where you know they don't like you, and if you're honest, you don't really like them like that, but <laughs> but you don't have to look to the light at the end of the tunnel. Grace is available right now. Grace is available right now. So after I pray for those who are trusting Christ, we're going to stand, we're going to worship. And I believe that God 
is still doing divine eye surgery. I believe that there are people here. And listen, I'm not trying to hype you. This, this, this is real life. I'm not trying to hype you. I believe that there are people who need to flood this altar and ask God, God, please perform surgery on my spiritual eyes. I'm seeing life through a distorted lens right now. I'm seeing life through a lens of gloom and doom and, and cynicism. And, but Jesus, I know that you are the Prince of Peace. I know, I know that you are my wonderful counselor. I know, Jesus, that you are my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I know that you are my very present help in the time of need. Jesus, I know that you are still on the throne. I believe we need to fill this altar and ask God to open our eyes so that we can see that which we claim to know with our hearts. Let's stand to our feet. What I want to do now is if you want to trust Jesus, I'm going to ask everybody to bow your head, close your eyes. If you want to trust Jesus, repeat this prayer after me. The power is not in our words. The power is in the word of God that says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This prayer does not save you, but this prayer is a profession of faith in the Jesus who saves. So I'm going to ask you that you would repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Confessing that I need you. I'm lost. I need to be found. I'm blind. I need to see. I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that God raised him again from the dead on the third day. And today, I trust Jesus with my life. Thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for loving me forever. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.